If someone told you we were just an ordinary podcast, someone lied. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. I'm Spider-Man from Does It Hold Up? And I'm Emily. And today we're going all the way back to 2002 to talk about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Whew. It's hot underneath that hood. <laughs> all right. I could not imagine ha having to wear that thing all the time. Oh my God, it would be terrible, right? And awesome all at the same time. Like I would wear it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. So we're going to talk about Spider-Man. I'm a big Spider-Man guy. This was my pick. You know, I was like, hey, you know, we haven't done it yet. We've been doing this podcast for almost a year, and we haven't even touched upon Spider-Man, anything Spider-Man related yet. So we're doing it. So if you guys don't like this movie, that's that's my fault. But, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. That seems like a you problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems like a big, oh, wait, my problem or their problem? I don't know. Who cares? It's somebody's Everyone's problem. problem, but mine. But that's okay, because <laughs> if you have a problem, Spider-Man will save you, because everybody gets one. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're MJ. She oh. gets multiple. Wow. Have you seen her? Uh, hmm, she can have multiple. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> the movie, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it. Oh, of course. Before this. Of course. Did you see it in theaters? Uh, I would say no. Because I did. Of course I did. I saw it in theaters. I saw the midnight showing back when they had midnight showings. Okay. PSA. Yeah. PSA. <laughs> Bring back midnight showings. Mm. they're so cool let people dress up bring back midnight showings like if you have to have metal detectors and you got to pat people down and all that to keep people safe i completely understand that but what happened to that do you know how cool it was like let's see this movie came out in 2002 so i was 16 when this well i was turning 16 that year when this movie came out it came out who month or so before my birthday so i was almost 16 going to see this movie and it was like so cool to stay up till midnight to, like, have people dressed up. Like, I was fully dressed up. I had web shooters. I, like, it was cool. Why don't we do that anymore? Yeah, I I think the last one I went to and I, was Endgame. They actually had them. They did. That was such a big, huge it event, though. It was huge. And it's just, like, I, I feel like we've gone away from the, like, massive fan fans going to like a midnight show because yeah. now everything's like thursday at 3 p.m right like, like okay what is that you're not like to hardcore fans if you're going to a 3 p.m show well, i mean okay? you, you can be if that's the first showing but my that's problem is I mean. like the movie says it releases on friday like okay so shazam yeah. fury of the gods just came out and like literally the day we're recording this it just came out and yet that was a friday and all the pre all the commercials for it all the previews all the trailers everything said march 17th friday march 17th this movie's coming out dude i saw it on thursday yeah i saw it at like 4 p.m on thursday if you're gonna have multiple showings on thursday then guess what your movie comes out on thursday not friday that's just get over it yeah so but it just it so bothers me but i remember seeing this one and it was like a huge deal i've been in love with spider-man since not the comics the comics did not get me into spider-man it was the 1990 cartoon Spider-Man that got me into Spider-Man. And then once I saw that and I was like, this character is so cool. I'm like six years old and I'm like, oh my God, 
I love this character so much. Because I had already watched, like, Batman the Animated Series and, you know, Superman the Animated Series came after that. And, like, X-Men the Animated Series. And I was like, yes! And then 1994 hit. And it was like, oh, I was eight. And 1994 hit. And it was like, oh, my God. I loved Spider-Man. Like, I liked Spider-Man before that. And then the cartoon hit. And I was like, I love Spider-Man. Like, I mean, I had Spider-Man Bowls. I had Spider-Man PJs when I was, like, four years old. Because I'd seen him and he was cool. And I was like, yeah. But I didn't get him until I saw the cartoon. And then I was like... Spider-Man is the coolest character I've ever seen in my entire life. And then I started really getting into the comics. And I was like, oh my god, Spider-Man is the coolest person in the history of comic books. Fight me. Now, I gotta know. Yeah. How many comics would you say you have of Spider-Mans? Uh, that I've ever owned or that I currently own? Because I've given a lot away I say throughout the years. that you've ever owned. That I've ever owned. Well, okay, so I had an old friend who I gave, like, 350 Spider-Man comics to, their little brother, um, so that he could kind of get into it. They were all reprints. It wasn't anything uh-huh. special or anything like that. So I was about 350 there. I currently probably own about 1,200 with some rare ones in there. Uh, I've given other ones away here and there or, like, tossed some out because they got ripped up and everything. So probably roughly 2,200 in my lifetime, and that's just Spider-Man. That's not any other thing that he's been in. That's the main Spider-Man line. If we're talking about, like, Ultimate Spider-Man and all that, you can add another couple hundred in there. If you're talking about anything he's been involved with, the Avengers, the X-Men stuff, anything, Deadpool stuff, you can probably add another couple hundred there as well. So you're a true connoisseur of Spider-Man. To a point. There's obviously stuff that that escapes me that I wasn't reading during this time or whatever, um there's always like those one and done villains where you're like "Mm, if you missed that run you have no idea who that person is (laughs) but yes i love spider-man i think he is the greatest superhero of all time there's a deep connection with him compared to any of the other people so i was super excited when this movie came out i'm super excited to revisit it i think sam raimi's entire trilogy is fantastic including spider-man 3 fight me on it we will talk about it uh, I'm going to bring it up later in this pod, how good <laughs> I think it is if you understand what he was going for, which I think a lot of people do, but they tend to like discredit it for some reason. I don't know why that happens. It's a little frustrating, but that's okay. Anyway, now that I just rambled for like eight minutes, let's start talking about more stuff. Yeah. So the first time you ever saw this, you said you didn't see it in theaters, right? I don't think so. Okay. My family wasn't super big on going to the theater for every single movie. It was only, like, the main ones. Um, But this is my first introduction to Spider-Man. I will say that. Okay. So whenever I saw it, no idea. Once again, it just always has existed. And then you immediately fell in love. I did. With Tobey Maguire, because we all did. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, let's fight. (laughs) He was not on my crush list growing up, but I did enjoy this movie growing up. That's fair. Um. Do you have any connection to, like, tell me tell me about your relationship with Spider-Man. Like, where does he rank in your superhero stuff? Where, like, if there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out, how hyped are you for it? If he's going to be in something, are you, are you excited for it? Or is it just kind of like, he's just another one that exists? He's kind of just another one that exists. I enjoy him, but okay. he's a little overpowered for me. He, he just can do so much. That's the best. <laughs> but I do enjoy that he has some flaws and that he does struggle in other things. Like, they 
really work on his work-life balance, as some might say. Uh, it's much more than they do every other hero, which is a much more interesting dynamic than we get from a lot of the other heroes. It's interesting to me that you say he's overpowered because out of all the comics I read, I read DC, I read Dark Horse, I read Image, well, Image, when they were doing stuff. Um, <laughs> obviously, Marvel, stuff like that. It's He's not one of the ones I would ever classify as overpowered. You know, when I think overpowered, I think Superman. Like, how are you going to beat him? What, are you going to hit him with kryptonite? Because that's about all the only, that's the only yeah. thing you can do. Uh, Wolverine, like, dude will just regenerate. Deadpool just regenerates. Like, you, you have to literally, like, decapitate them and separate them. And, and still, somehow, they, I mean, I've seen Hulk rip people in half, like Wolverine. Just ripped him right in half, or Deadpool right in half, and somehow he just heals. So, like, that's what I consider overpowered. Like, Batman, for being human, is super mm -hmm. overpowered, where it's like, he gets beat up by, like, Bane because that's the first time he's ever fought Bane. But then yeah. every other time, it's just, like, he just does away with him. Spider-Man, on the other hand, like, dude gets whooped a lot. And it's mostly because he's easy prey. And that's what one of the things I've always connected to him is he's a superhero, right? But he's also a teenager. At least, normally, he's a teenager. And he's got a problem with, with girls, with being a nerd, with his home life, with making money, with all this stuff. And the people can prey on that. His villain, his rogue gallery, rogues gallery can just, they eat him alive constantly. Yeah, he's super powered when it comes to like stopping a bank robbery. But when he comes up against like Chameleon and Mysterio and even Venom, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but I understand. Dude, he gets stomped way more often. Like he always wins, but it's by like slight margins, you know? That's, it's just interesting that you would think he's a little he too overpowered. He just has so many abilities that I'm just like, what? He's got the abilities of spiders. Why? What why, do you mean? Why should anything fly. hurt you? You have Spidey sense. You can sense all this coming. Oh. And you have the agility of, like, girl, everything. Like, you're moving at, like, 20 times the speed of everyone girl, else. Girl, you You do understand that, like, senses can be overloaded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he can sense things, but he can't sense if 20 things are coming at him from all different angles. Mm -hmm. How often does that happen? A lot! Read the comics. I, I'm talking only about the movies. Yeah, I know. Watch the movies, too. He gets whooped constantly. Green Goblin, in this movie alone, beats his ass well, almost every encounter. Yeah, but that's because he's brand new at being Spider-Man. So what? So Just what? Just saying. Just like, saying. Listen, when they're in the I burning building. I have my building, opinions. <laughs> when they're in the burning building, like his senses are on overload. There's fire all around him. There's danger. And he's trying to fight somebody. His senses don't just, they're not magic. They're he can't magic. just be like, I sense everything and can just move out of the way. That's not how that works. It's not at all how that works. Movie time. All right. Now that we've, <laughs> now that we've argued, let's argue some more about this movie. So this movie came out May 23rd, May 23rd, May 3rd, 2002. And it was like the first, so not the first first, because obviously we had Blade in the 90s. We had the X-Men movie come out in the year 2000. And they did all right. The Blade movies were actually really loved. The X-Men movie, like people saw it and they were like, that's really cool. And then Spider-Man hit. And it changed the game. It, it broke box office records. It was beloved. It was... All of a sudden, people looked at it and went, this isn't some niche thing. This is the second coming of genres of movies. Like, this is going to be the new westerns. This is going to be the new rom-coms. This is going to take that top seed. 
this movie set that all forward. And you know what we do here. We talk about Roger Ebert, who is like the godfather of critics. What did he have to say about this movie? Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars. Mm. Mm. Okay. Some of the quote that I grabbed from him was, Imagine Superman with a Clark Kent more charismatic than the Man of Steel, and you'll know how Spider-Man goes wrong. Tobey Maguire is pitch perfect as the socially retarded Peter Parker, but when he becomes Spider-Man, the film turns it to action sequences that zip along like perfunctuary cartoons. Spidey soars too quickly through the skies of Manhattan. He's as convincing as Mighty Mouse. Whoa. Time out. Pause. Mr. Ebert, I know you're not with us anymore, but if you are listening, how dare you even besmirch the name Mighty Mouse? Are you... Listen, Ebert's never really been a big fan. If you go through his history, he didn't really like the Blade movies. He didn't like the X-Men movie all that much either. He he liked the Superman movie, but he liked the Clark Kent part of it more than he liked the Superman part of it. He didn't like the Batman movies all that much. He's not a comic book guy. He doesn't understand superheroes to a point. So I completely understand where he's coming from, but he's also wrong as hell. He also, he claims to be a Spider-Man comic fan. And I'm just like, I clearly know a comic Spider-Man fan. Like, I think you're wrong. He was really harsh on this movie, just like yeah. unnecessarily so. And I'm just like, I can clearly tell you of a vendetta against superhero movies. And that's not a good thing to have as a reviewer. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like this movie, it it is flawed. It's not a perfect movie. They do move the pace really quickly and stuff and... Some of the stuff they do with Spider-Man doesn't always work, but I think Ebert was a little too harsh on it. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. What about modern stuff? What What is Rotten Tomatoes the saying about this? Rotten Tomato critic score has it at a 90%. So pretty decent. However. Oh, decent. That's better than decent. However, <laughs> the audience score has it at a 67. Audience. You're all dumb. No, I'm kidding. I love you. Please don't take this serious. This is just, <laughs> you're crushing me here. Um, I was surprised to see the critics are that loving of it, but the audience being I'm hating. not. I'm honestly, I'm not. If you went and looked up the Rotten Tomato score for Spider-Man 2 that came out a few years later, I bet you'd see a huge increase in that number because everybody puts that movie as the best. And by association, this movie has to be lesser than. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Just so it's like if that movie's you? in the 70s, this one has to be in the 60s because it's a lesser movie. And so it's just, that's weird. I also think it's been ruined after all this time as we get new superhero movies and we see kind of what they do. Going back to watch this, it can be a little rough. It's like, oh, that part looks bad. Oh, that doesn't work. Oh. Yeah. So I think a lot of that's just new people coming to it after the MCU has existed and expecting that level of connectivity, Disney-esque type stuff. Yeah. And that's just not what you were going to get with this. Yeah. But, you know, can't always trust reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes because, as we talked about when we did Casablanca two weeks ago... There's always going to be dissenting opinions because they just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. And they're idiots. I I agree with the critics. I think they nailed it. I think the audience is a little jacked up on that. And that's okay. Let's go into the box office stuff. 
So the budget for this movie was roughly $139 million. It made domestically $403,706,375. Way past its budget. This was a very successful movie. Internationally, it brought in another $418 million for a grand total of roughly $121.7 million worldwide. This is 2002. We hear that number now and we go, damn, that's a success. Yeah. This was 2002. That's insane. Adjusted for inflation, that domestic total would rise to $637,175,121. In 2002, that would put it in the third spot under Avatar The Way of Water, which is the third biggest movie of all time total. And number four, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, that's exactly where I thought it was going to yeah. go. <laughs> so that's it. So, you know, Black Panther's number three right now. It would push that down. And that's where it would have settled in 2000, 2000 in 2022, 20 years after it came out. Yeah. That's good. I mean, we're sitting here saying the $715 million that Top Gun Maverick made was just phenomenal. It, it's a, it's a, God send to theaters. It's incredible how much money it made. This would have only fallen eighty million below that. I mean, Spider Man seems to be a bankable uh, IP. I mean, yeah, just two thousand twenty one, we had Spider Man No Way Home, or no Spider Man Far From Home. And no, No Way Home. Yeah, No Way Home. I was right. Yeah, right the first time. God, <laughs> God stop second guessing myself here. Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, and it made like one point nine billion worldwide spider-man is always bankable especially when they're good and when you have a toby in it oh yeah (laughs) um and then the ticket price in 2002 was only five dollars and 81 cents imagine if we had that still how many Uh, more movies people would go see they wonder why the theatrical market may be dying i'm not 100 percent convinced it is but it may be dying is because you know ticket prices are almost double now what they were 20 years ago i mean that's a huge inflation rate I know the average is like nine something nowadays, but here it's like 12. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to see it in Dolby or IMAX or anything, you're looking at like $18 a ticket. No, yeah. ridiculous. Uh, that's all. Oh, fun fact about its box office. Oh. 2002 Spider-Man was the very first movie ever to make $100 million in its opening weekend. It actually made like $114 million. In its opening weekend, it was the first movie to ever hit that milestone. So everything else had a lot to live up to after that. I know. I think you ended up looking up the cinema score for this one. A minus. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so the audience at the time, A minus. Audience now says 67%. That seems a little retroactively changing your opinion based on modern circumstances. Which kind is, of what here, we're here to do. Which so. is fine. It exists, but you can't discredit something because it doesn't look as good as the modern movie because obviously technology improves. Yeah. All right. So let's actually get into the movie itself now. Yes. So I love the opening credits here. I don't know about you, but it's all like we get to go through DNA. We get to go through webbing. We get to see. It's such a great aesthetic to put us in the mindset of what, is about to come my opinion on that they're too long it feels like having the entire post credits as the opening credits it just takes too long like i enjoy the 
the style that they that they do, but like do thirty seconds of it, not like two minutes. So that's one of the things that is different about modern cinema versus older cinema. They used to put a lot of, I mean, if you think about it, when we went and saw Casablanca in theaters, mm -hmm. the entire credits is before the movie starts. Yeah. That's how it used to be. It's like, listen, we're going to put everything up front. And then when we get to the, get to the, the back half of it after the movie, that's more to fill you in on who all the PAs were, who was the camera guy, who was, but all the big names and the producers and the stars and everything, that was always up front because they want you to know who's in this movie. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, we've changed that. We usually throw out like four names now and then we're like, ooh, movie time. No, no, no. Tell Maybe me what to expect. Because I had to sit through half an hour previews <laughs> before watching the dang thing. That's fair. And your movie is now two and a half hours. That's fair. That's that's very fair. I don't want to sit through that. Yeah. This movie is like <laughs> two hours and one minute or something. It's it's a great length. Mm. Um, okay. So one of my one of my keynotes right up front is uh, screw that bus driver. Seriously. So the opening scene is Peter Parker running after the bus that he missed trying to get to school. And he's like slamming on the side of the bus screaming stop, stop, stop. And the bus driver's laughing? Like what the f yeah, you have to have, like, Mary Jane be like, can you just pick him up? Like, right. what the heck? He's been following us for, like, six blocks. Can you just stop? Yeah. What the... F what is... Dude should be fired immediately, right? Yeah. Okay. So, One oh. thing before that. Yep. And I should have gotten this when we were doing the opening. Uh, but what an iconic theme. Seriously. Danny Elfman just chef kiss on this whole theme for spider-man it gets you so into the mood for it you're like yes i mean it's definitely no 90s cartoon spider-man spider-man no it's way better active spider-man way better oh come on no it is it's so good it's so good it's it's a great modern take on the old classic that we all know from like the 60s cartoon and stuff like that yeah spider-man spider-man does whatever a spider can it's it's a great take on that yeah it, very updated um, but yeah, they get to, they go on a field trip and they're at some lab and this is where we're introduced to Harry, Harry, I almost said Harry Styles for some reason. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think One Direction no. existed at the time. Uh, we were introduced to Harry Osborne. Yes. Peter Parker's best friend? Only friend? I mean, he's definitely best friends in the comics, but nah, I don't know about this one. And we get to introduced to Willem Dafoe. As Norman Osborn, one of the best casting choices in the history of comic books. And we get that wonderful, memeable moment. Yeah. Uh, I This was the first time I ever actually heard the reason why Harry is at this public school. Because I was always confused by why Harry and Peter were like together when there's a very big uh, money difference there. Yeah. But finding out that he's either flunked out or been kicked out of every private school i was like oh that's a nice touch that's like okay we're explaining why this friendship can be harry sucks apparently yep um and then norman great introduction he seems like a really overbearing father but like you don't find anything super off about him especially when he's like so excited to see peter yeah. oh he tells you he tells me you're a scientist you know i'm something of a scientist myself like there's an immediate connection there and you're like, Oh, I love you, Norman. That's so cool. Until later. Then he gets, then I love him even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. Right. Like it's a cool introduction. We, everybody gets introduced in a great way. 
Yeah. Peter gets introduced as obviously the nerd loser guy who can't even catch the school bus, which apparently he's such a loser that even the bus driver hates him. Mary Jane is kind-hearted. Even though she's popular, she still stops the bus. She should have done it earlier. Yeah. But she still, we show her doing it. Harry walks up and he just seems way too cool for school. And then we get the whole, like, he's been kicked out. So you're like, I completely understand his character. Norman comes up and you're like, oh, he doesn't really like his son because his son's not super smart, but he's connected to Peter because of that. Great all around, super fast. Everybody's introduced. We know what we got. Yep. I love it. Right? Oh, yeah. Instead of taking the first, like, 45 minutes of your movie to introduce everybody, we're in and out and we can get to the story. Because once they're in the lab and they're learning about all this stuff, they learn about these genetically engineered spiders that have all these different powers, like different spider powers, you know. And they're trying to figure out how to make like a super spider, right? Mm -hmm. And they have 15 of them. And somebody points out, no, you only have 14. And she's like, yeah, she's like, oh, one of them must be tested. And Peter's like, I'm a photographer. Can I take pictures of everything and blah, blah, blah. And he's taking pictures of MJ and the spider comes down and bites him on the hand. And I just got to say in this moment, Peter Parker, beast mode. Dude doesn't even feel the spider crawling on him. Spider bites him, and all he does is, like, shake his hand, look at it, and just, like, eh. It just goes about his day. Beast mode. I have so much to talk about here. But he doesn't even, like, okay, talk about that, though. Like, if you got bit by a spider, aren't you kind of more, oh, my God, what the? Oh, yeah. Dude doesn't even care. He's just Um, like, eh. That's where, you know, being poor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. he's like, hospital nah i'll just sleep this peter parker in 2002 has zero insurance yeah Yeah, 100 percent. yeah i do have a question yeah what do you what do you think the odds are that spider bites another person and we get another spider-man zero it's dead how how is it dead uh it's just dead deal with it it's dead oh okay it's dead spider-man lore the spider that bite bites him dies well, they don't show that in this movie. Well, so they don't need I think to. there could have been many other spider people. No. No, absolutely not. not. I mean, to him. do you know how often spider bites actually happen? Not a clue. Not frequently. Like, people own spiders as pets because they don't bite frequently. Tarantulas, everything, all those. Like, they don't actually want to bite people. They don't care. They just want to go about their day. Uh, PSA, guys. Don't kill spiders. Whether don't kill don't kill bugs like they live too they 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 have a right to this world as well so like if they're in your house just pick them up and put them outside it's it's rather easy and it makes the world a better place we need spiders we need these things they're all part of our ecosystem don't do it um, but they don't care like literally I pick up spiders all the time to go take them outside they don't bite they they tickle the crap out of me when they crawl on me so why does this one bite Peter I don't know. But maybe it I'm just saying, maybe it felt something in him, and it was like, yeah, you you're need, the guy, you're the chosen one. You need spider powers. You need spider powers. I'm just saying though, like if anything, it, it bit <laughs> it bit him because he was in a, it landed on him. It, the spider was scared. It bit him. When it takes off and it goes and finds like a little hole in the wall that it can just live in, mm-hmm. it, it's not coming back out to bite people. All right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You got to know spiders here. That could have been a good sequel. I mean, all the spider people, Miles Morales. There you go. We get another spider person. Um. All right. So while they're there, I, I have a little thing here. Harry yeah. Harry Osborn sucks. Yeah, in this oh, moment yeah. Because Peter tells him this really cool thing about like the magnets and all spider and about this microscope, this thing. Yeah. And he goes and steals those exact words to like impress Mary Jane. 
And it's like, are you f- kidding me? What a terrible friend. Not only that, but he acts and like says so to Peter, like, who would want to know that? Like, yeah. oh, you're so weird. Like, that's it's, the kind of vibes yeah. you got off of him. It's like, and then you go around and tell the girl that you know he likes. Yeah. To kind of put yourself above him. And it's just like so much betrayal. Yeah. There's so much betrayal in this movie. So, so ridiculous. Okay. Then he gets bit by the spider. He goes home. He sleeps it off. He wakes up the next day. Here's where my first question comes in. Okay. Is Tobey Maguire ripped or not ripped as Spider-Man? This is actually... It's a debate that's been going on for 20 years. This is actually a part that I put in my holds up is the fact that he has an attain- attainable physique. It's muscular. It's... it's ripped or not ripped? That's the question. I'll, I'll go with he's ripped. Yeah, okay. He, he has the six-pack. Right, on. like when he flexes, you're like, oh, yeah, that but took some time. when he doesn't, you got like, there. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, for some reason, that's been a debate. People are like, he should be a lot more muscular. He should yeah. be a lot more cut and better look. And Why? I'm like, dude, he looks perfect. He looks great. Do you see spiders being super muscular? Spider-Man's about agility, not so much like, yeah. he, that's a thing. He's small, but super strong. Like a spider, you morons. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so we get to the school and he's, everything's weird, right? He has no idea what's going on. And he shoots webbing out of his hand and it catches a tray and he's like, oh my God, he's freaking out. And he whips it back and it hits flash, you know, in the face, well, in the back of the head. And then he's going to fight him and he's like doing backflips and he's like dodging things. And it's such a great little moment when flash throws a punch at him and he slowly moves out of the way and he's just like. D- does a double take yeah he like looks at him looks back at the hand he's like huh wait oh. i love that moment i love it so much and then he like does a full backbend matrix style to dodge it and then that's it and people are like super freaked out how the hell does nobody put together that he's spider-man after this i, I wrote that as my question of why doesn't mj put two and two together yeah, yeah no that sense. was one of my nits is like this movie demonstrates him being Spider-Man without the mask on, and then yet nobody puts it together afterwards, and it just kind of bothers me throughout the whole movie. So one of the things that I actually put doesn't hold up is just the amount and, like, craziness that they put behind the bullying in this movie. It goes so, like, above and beyond against him, and it makes no sense. Like, he's not suit like, he's awkward, but he's not, like, super awkward i just don't think he merited as much bullying as he got and i, I mean thought that that took me out of the movie you're right to the 2000s was like if you have a bully they have to be the bully of all bullies like there yeah. is no stopping so yeah it goes a little far but at least a good way into the movie like right after all this when he starts really becoming spider-man we completely drop that well yeah it, it doesn't show up again which Mostly is because they graduate yeah <laughs> Um, one, one other thing that I want to point out about the school, fun, fun little fact here, uh, the tray when Mary Jane's walking and she slips and she throws all her food up and drops her tray and Peter Parker turns around, catches the tray and then catches all the food on it. Yeah. All practical done with glue and sticky stuff. Took like 96 takes or something like that, but all practically done. Glue and sticky stuff. Glue and sticky stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm sure they didn't like glue everything because it had like land and whatever, you know. Uh, but, like, the tray was glued to his hand, 
and then everything else had sticky stuff so he could catch it and it just took like 96 takes but they got it and let me just tell you so glad they didn't cgi that because it yeah. is such a cool moment his reaction time his everything is the way so cool although it feels like they sped up the footage a little I, mean, I yeah. don't know if that's just me but it's always kind of felt just off and it's like it doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel fake all at the same time it's probably it's probably increased instead of like 100% speed it's probably like 110 it just yeah. has that slight increase on it to make it look a little cooler yeah so no i get it it's just such a cool cool part it is a cool um, moment i love the cool use of spite of slow-mo for his spidey sense like i said when he looks at the hand when we're zooming through the when flash is coming up to punch him in the back of the head and we zoom past everybody he sees the spitball coming out of the straw he sees the fly he sees and it's like everything's moving around and he can feel it all in slow motion that's a great visual representation of what i would imagine spider sense would be like i was actually i have a question for you yeah is this the best representation of the spidey sense well considering it's like the only representation we get of the spidey sense i'm gonna go with yes because in the amazing spider-man we don't like show it all that much yeah. like we kind of say it's there but we don't ever like demonstrate it all that much. And then in the Tom Holland MCU Spider-Man movies, Sony one, those Sony MCU ones, uh, they call it the Peter Tingle, which is just dumb as hell. Yeah. And the only representation we ever get is that the hair on his arms goes up when he's on the bus. Like I needed more well, of it. Uh, what about the Into the Spider-Verse? That's really, really good. My problem is it's a cartoon mm -hmm. it's animated so they could pretty much do anything where it's like yeah you ripped it right from the comic books which shows how cool it can be this is a great live action what i would expect if spider-man was real and spidey senses were real this is what i imagine it would look like yeah. not little lines coming out of my head and all that stuff so that's what i mean i wasn't including that movie can we talk about, about the audio clue uh okay. q2 it just always having that certain noise happen whenever he gets it that little like ding mm -hmm. yeah the like i don't even know it's like a hum almost. yes we'll try to like maybe we'll put it in underneath us right now so that you can hear it yeah so <laughs> hold on everybody just be quiet for like five seconds okay that one yeah that the noise you're talking about yeah yeah uh no it's fantastic it's again it's just that's the way it should be done it shouldn't just be a sense thing it should be like an audible clue. It should mm -hmm. be a visual clue. Like that's what I always imagine Spidey sense in the real world should be. Okay. Yeah. No, it's freaking great. And then he realizes he has powers. So he's going to go test them out. And what do you think about the scene where he zooms in on his hand and we see the little hairs growing? That spawned so much like <laughs> to me. Uh, it actually spawned another question of. Uh, oh my God. Okay. Do you, uh, kind of a statement, but kind of a question, like, do you realize just how scary that would be to suddenly wake up and now you can shoot stuff out of your wrist? That's really creepy. Yep. You have these hairs on your hands. Like, your body is changing so much. Like, as a teenager in high school, how crazy that would be. I am a man who, in high school, woke up one day and his body was going through a bunch of changes. Yeah, it's crazy. I like could that's not what Spider-Man is. Spider-Man is <laughs> Spider-Man is a representation for pu puberty. It's what it's always been is is growing up, things changing. Um it is scary and his is just so much scarier, but it's a really cool shot of like oh, yeah. the, the hair and then like him realizing 
wait, does this mean what I think it means? And he kind of like touches the wall. And then like the way he changes as he starts climbing of like, this is the coolest. Yes. So cool. Big knit here. Hmm. Big knit here. Hmm. He's wearing gym shoes. How do they stick? I don't think they do. You think it's all upper body strength and the, the, the feet are just for the visual aspect of it? Of like, ooh, I'm just crawling and this is what crawling should look like. Yeah. I mean, right? I think it's probably stabilizing him. It's fair. Yeah. I just always wondered because they do it in the comics too. Like he can stand with just his feet. And I'm like, how do those little tiny hairs stick through the, the clothing? Maybe Maybe they're bigger on his feet. Ooh, that's a good point. Know. It's weird, though, that he can't, like, get rid of them. Like, imagine ever, like, you know, you get a girlfriend or whatever, and you're doing, like, she's, like, rubbing your hand or whatever, and she's like, what the f- are all these little hairs? What the hell? Like, yeah. you can't hide that. Imagine if, like, he went to go get a manicure and a pedicure, and they, like, look at his feet, and they're like, oh, hell well, no. I think, I think they can kind of, like, sink into the skin, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Well, these are the questions that need <laughs> answers. Yeah, these are next Spider-Man movie. Our unanswerable questions here. <laughs> um, so, but climbing the wall part is really cool, and then we get into some terrible, god awful, rubbery ass CGI when he's jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and it is bad, and it completely takes me out of the moment every time. So, one thing for me about the CGI is a lot of it looked a lot better than I thought it was going to. Yeah. But when it's off, it is it's really off. It's off. So off. <laughs> yeah. So 100%. yeah, those jumping, he does get a little rubbery. So it's just like, eh. Right, like the climbing the wall is so good. So because good. It's, it's more practical yeah. than it is CGI. And then as soon as he starts jumping, it's like, this is this is a P- PS2 style cutscene from a video game. And it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get to what is... The first half, so, okay, so for the Han Shot First Award of the things that don't hold up, the, uh, I have two things, but I'm going to bring one up now, and oh. I'll only have one later. Okay. It's the organic, pardon my language, fucking webbing. Organic. It's so creepy. It's so bad. It's so, I don't know whose decision that was, but Raimi should have, if it was his decision, you suck. And if it wasn't his decision, and he just went with it, he should have overrode it, because it's dumb. One of the best things about Spider-Man is how intelligent he is, that he creates his web shooters, that he creates his actual webbing in little canisters. It actually adds to, you want to talk about being overpowered at the beginning, one of the things that works for him in the comics and other other media is he can run out of webbing. So like he's in the middle of a fight and he's using his webbing and all of a sudden it's like, I was going to web that guy who's about to punch me in the face and my cartridge is empty. I'm swinging through the city and they're cutting my ropes, so I'm using more, I'm shooting at him, whatever. My cartridge is empty. And then he has to go on his little belt and refill it. it. It's like a tense thing. And here they were like, nah, forget that. So this, that brings me to a part that I thought didn't hold up really well is the fact that they they tell us that Peter is very scientifically smart, but they don't show us ever in this movie. Mm-hmm. They never show him being smart. They only ever show him doing his photography. Yeah. So it's just like, are you though? Like I thought that's supposed to be a big part of Spider-Man is that he is like it's, a brilliant scientist. Listen, I know everybody associates Spider-Man with the the powers, the agility, the swinging, the the everything. No, no, no. It's his intelligence that makes him a great superhero. Yeah. He is he is Batman with actual superpowers. 
Like, he's that good. He's that smart. He's probably smarter than Tony Stark in the MCU, in the, in the whole Marvel Universe, not just the, the movies. He's probably smarter. He just... And they don't show it here, and it is a huge problem for me. And I yeah. think the organic webbing is where they really just messed it up, and they didn't know how to bring it back. Now, they do it better in the second and third movie, well, where yeah. he's working. And every now and then, they give him a line of dialogue that kind of lets you know how smart he is. But if they would have let him build his web shooters and his webbing, mm-hmm. we really would have known how smart he is. Yeah, he seemed more like the artistic type, because you see him yes. drawing his own suits and everything, yep. and the photography. So it was just an odd thing to find out later that that's what that character is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after he's testing it out, he's jumping stuff, he's whatever, he goes home and he's in his room and he's testing out all the webbing. He's just shooting it all around his room. And then Aunt May knocks on the door and she's like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> we hear you breaking stuff. Yeah. Like, what? And he opens the door just a little bit and he's like, everything's fine. And just closes I'm not it. Clo- I'm not dressed. Yeah. Um, first of all, that's a metaphor for masturbating. That's, that's the whole thing right there. And uh, it's so funny, though, because if we had, if, if any of us could actually shoot webbing like that, 100%, that's exactly what we would do. We would go home and just, yep. do, 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 and yep. just try it all out. And I, and I freaking <laughs> love it. Um, yep. Anything else you want to bring up until we get into, until we move forward in the movie? No, I'm, I'm ready to move forward. Cool. Um, so then we get to, he is in love with Mary Jane, who, for some reason, lives right next door in this movie, which is weird. I thought it was an interesting choice, simply because then we get to find out that MJ has a rough home life. Yeah. Like, it gives her character a little bit more dimension, because I thought her character was a little one. Right? Well, she's supposed to be the niece of one of Aunt May's friends, mm. who then gets set up on a blind date with Parker, who realizes he hit the jackpot. You know? Yeah. That's the whole, like, face it, tiger mm-hmm. line from the infamous thing. So her being next door, them just knowing each other for, like, forever, kind of. <sighs> I know people grow apart, and it helps show, like, that's why she actually cares about him. But it took away from, like, the, oh, my God, she was the new girl in school, and everybody loved her. And Peter was like, holy crap, she's so hot, but I'm never going to get her. Like, they're friends already, they talk, they interact. It just took away some of their dynamic, but it did work better for her character. Yeah. Yep. It it did and it didn't. It yep. also made her seem very shallow. A little bit. Uh, well, I don't know if so much shallow, as in she was willing to do whatever it took and date whoever it took to get out of that life. All so right. if it meant dating Flash so that he could get her away from that, that's what she was going to do. All right. I, I can see that. That's how I took it anyway. Yeah. So she is. She's dating Flash Thompson, who's the bully. And Peter's like, I want to date her. And how do I do that? And Flash has a car. So Peter's like, I got to get a car. And he's looking through stuff and finds out that he can do this wrestling match for $3,000, yeah. $3, enough to buy a car. As long as you last three minutes. As long as you last three minutes with Bonesaw. Anyway. Um, Best character in yeah, the entire oh, movie. Geez, so good. <laughs> but then we get this cool thing of like him designing his costume and drawing all these symbols and drawing all that and it's really this is one of my favorite moments in the whole movie because he's doing it and as a fan i'm like oh i know that suit i know that symbol that's cool awesome 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 and then we get to the wrestling match and he calls himself the human spider which is another great moment because he doesn't come up like yeah 
He doesn't know what name to come up with. He's a nerd. He doesn't, you know, like, he just said. can't think of the cool thing. The most natural thing to him is, like, I'm a human and I'm a spider. I'm a human spider. Okay. I'm more human than spider, so human has to come first. And he gets revealed by a cameo from Bruce Campbell. As Oh, he's such a good, so good in this movie, too. He's the wrestling announcer, and he introduced him. He's like, what's your name, kid? The human spider. All right. Uh, Sure. All right. Introducing Spider-Man. And we get his name. And it's the first time it's said we're like 45 minutes plus into the movie. So good. And then it opens the screen and he's in like a jogger. <laughs> he's it's got so blue sweatpants on. <laughs> there are so many moments in this movie that I'm just like, that is the most realistic thing I've ever seen in a superhero movie. And this was one of them yep. of being like, I just had to make something. <laughs> it's, it's, I just. Drew it's, on a spider. Yeah, whatever I had laying around the house, I, I picked a red hoodie and just drew a spider on it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What a great reveal. So what a great, it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because he gets his name and we get that reveal of the stupid costume. And then we get the wonderful wrestling match with Bonesaw McGraw played by the late, great Randy Savage, who was an actual professional wrestler, which I'm also a big fan of. So this, everything in this scene just worked for This me. was a great moment for oh, you. Oh, this was, this was, yeah. If however, I wasn't in prior to this moment, I was now. However, it does come with another question. Mm. Okay. How come Spidey got the cage? Like, no one else was getting the cage. Like, other people signed well, up for this $3,000 thing. I can answer that. Okay. okay. I can answer that. No, he didn't know he was going to get the cage. But the Flying Dutchman who is the guy we hear coming out right before him and the guy that we see go, my leg, oh, I can't feel anything, I can't feel my legs. Yeah. As he's getting stretchered out. Best overacting ever. Oh, (laughs) yes. This whole scene's just so good. But when he's fighting Bonesaw, Bonesaw picks him up and throws him out of the ring. We see him crash through a table and Bonesaw is then announced as the winner. Mm -hmm. Which means it was not a typical match where you have to pin or submit your opponent one, two, three. That seemed like an over-the-top challenge. And when he got thrown over the top rope, that's when Bonesaw won. So, to me, that signified you signed up for a match. They didn't tell us. Maybe they didn't tell them. Obviously, Spider-Man's confused. But if he read the fine print, it must have said in there, it is not a typical one-on-one match where you have to pin or submit. And I only get that from the context that Flying Dutchman lost after being thrown out of the ring. Okay. So uh, maybe I read too much into it, but... It would just confuse me. I was like, why did he get the cage? Because the cage is kind of <laughs> what makes it so that he can win. I mean, he would have won anyway. I mean, He's got yeah. super strength, super speed, everything. Yeah, no, he would have won. But we get the whole, are you ready? Bonesaw is ready! <laughs> so Best good. line ever. Oh, it's so good. Ever. And then they fight. And here's where we get one joke that does not stand up the test of time. Spider-Man is hanging out on the side of the cage and Bonesaw's like, come down here and fight. And Spider-Man looks at him. He's like, that's a cute outfit. Did your husband make it for you or give it to you? Yeah. Did we really need a homophobic joke in this? Did that, who, who was that for? Did that work? I don't remember it working in 2002 and it definitely didn't work now. Yeah. I mean, it was trying to show that Spider-Man... Is supposed to be more quippy than it wasn't Peter a good Parker, quip. but it wasn't good. No, no. There's a, there's a lot of things he could have went there because it's like, dude, you're about to make your own outfit. So what? What? Yeah. Stupid. I hate that line. But 
Spider-Man wins the wrestling match, mm-hmm. and he goes to collect his three thousand dollars, and the guy hands him a hundred bucks. And Spider-Man's like, "What the hell? You said three thousand dollars." He says, and the promoter says, "I said three thousand dollars for three minutes. You pinned him in fifty-one seconds, or a minute fifty-one, or something like yeah. that. So this is what you get." And Spider-Man's like, "But I need that money." And the promoter looks at him and says, "I fail to see where that's my problem." Yeah. And Spider-Man's like, "Ooh, he's so mad," and he's leaving. And he gets to the elevator, and the promoter gets robbed by, by a guy with a gun. And then the guy takes off, and Spider-Man's at the elevator. Guy runs to the elevator, pushes Spider-Man out of the way, gets on the elevator, and takes it off, and tells Spider-Man, thank you, Peter Parker. Thank you. And Peter Parker's like, I don't know what the hell's happening. It's fine. Promoter runs up to him and says, what are you doing? He got away with my money. You could have stopped him easy. And Parker looks at him and says, I fail to see where that's my problem. Burn burn right there love it but you will see soon enough yeah um what do you think of that whole from the wrestling match to the the robbery what do you think the the wrestling match was like an introduction to the the funny side of Mm spider-man but then you get this whole moment of like power can corrupt because you see it in his face how like powerful he feels when he tells that promoter i failed to see how that's my problem oh yeah it is like ooh, ooh, you could be a villain real quick and i love that moment because he could you're right he could easily be like wait this power can basically get me whatever i want yeah and then in the next couple of minutes everything changes and it's the exact reason he doesn't become a villain yeah. Because after he gets out, he's going to meet his uncle, who was supposed to pick him up from the library, because that's where he said he was going. And he sees ambulances and cops and somebody on the ground and a crowd of people and all that. And his uncle Ben was shot and is dying on the sidewalk. Yeah. And I love this moment. I Actually, I love this moment quite a bit. I think Tobey Maguire really gives a great performance in this moment. I felt it. His... He didn't care if he was pretty while crying, if he looked good. He he has a terrible cry face. He's I, ugly as hell. I put, that, I put that on a thing I needed to bring up was he is an ugly crier. Oh, 100%. But it didn't matter because the emotion yeah. was there. Oh, like, yeah. I felt it. I was like, somebody hug him. Somebody, like, oh, my God. And he realizes, like, oh, my God. Right. Just, it's my fault he's here. Yes. Like, he shouldn't be here. I went to do something dumb and I wasn't here ready for him. Like that whole thing. And that's when we, if you mind me going forward. No, go ahead. Get to one of my favorite bits in the movie is him chasing down the shooter. He gets home real quick, backing up. He gets home and hugs May. And then he hears that the, the, the bad guy is being chased and cornered. I'm fairly certain he chases him right after he doesn't go home first i'm pretty sure he he chases him first maybe i'm confusing it with the comic books and everything um but but he hears it from the scanners of the police at the and then he goes to chase him and he gets him to a warehouse which i don't know how this guy got to a random warehouse but whatever tracks him into a warehouse and then go ahead i absolutely love the horror vibes given from this scene we get to see spider-man as if he is the villain he is full of rage he is ready to just do whatever yeah because 
th this person hurt the person that I love. Didn't hurt. Killed. I, he killed him. He's it was dead. Just, just that thought. Yeah. Until he sees who it is. So, well, it's it's a great... This is why you get Sam Raimi to direct this movie. Dude's a horror movie director. It's what he does. He made his mark in, the, in cinema with uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Like... That's what he does. He's great at that horror concept. And this is terrifying. Like, it's dark. It's creepy. The the burglar, the robber, is, like, on edge. Spider-Man's moving around. Like you he's, just see his shadow. Yeah, like he's a ninja and stuff. Yeah. And, like, everything's built up. And we don't... We know who the guy is that he's hunting. Yeah. But Spider-Man does it because everything's dark. Until he gets him near a window and a light flashes. And he sees him. And Tobey Maguire's face in that moment of realization of who it was because it's the guy he let go is devastating. It is so just heart-wrenching. And that is the exact moment I could pinpoint where he realizes, yeah, Ben was right. I have power. I have a responsibility. Because if I would have been responsible in that moment, my uncle would still be here. Yep. And I can never stray from that again. Yeah. It's it's an awful moment, but it happens so quick, and yet there's so much in it that that's mm -hmm. the great sign of an actor who understood the assignment and a director who understood to just let that moment sit for a minute. Yeah. Uh, and we get it. And then the guy goes to shoot Parker, shoot Spider-Man, and Spider-Man breaks his arm, and the guy stumbles backward and falls out a window to his death. Yeah. And Spider-Man doesn't care. Not even a little bit. No, no remorse. In fact, he's probably pissed he didn't push him. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you. so you brought it up, and I want to bring it up again. We didn't talk about it because I, it's bad and good. We do, before the wrestling match, get the famous line from Uncle Ben of, with great power comes great responsibility, and that's what Spider-Man has to learn. Had he taken the responsibility to stop the robber, his Uncle Ben would still be alive. And that's yeah. why he doesn't become a villain is because those words will sit with him for the rest of his life. And that is his entire motto. What he lives his life by is with great power must also come great responsibility. Yep. Problem I have with that is Uncle Ben didn't say that. In the comics? No. No. Uh, it was said in a full, or in a, a, a post-writing by Stan Lee at the back of a comic, he, he said those words. And then it wasn't until 25 years later in the comics that they finally attributed, they went back and retconned it so that that line would be attributed to Uncle Ben. And, like, it works, but I hate how many people just immediately assume, like, that's been Spider-Man's go-through his entire career, his entire existence mm -hmm. is based on that line. And it's just like, it's just not, guys. Like, things can be retconned, and I understand it. If you're not a big comic book fan, it's okay. I'm just trying to set the record straight. That wasn't his reason for any of it for 25 years. His reason was just Ben, and he had to learn that lesson on his own. Yeah. And then it finally was like, no, 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 just Uncle Ben said it, and then it lived with him forever, and that's what he's always trying to live up to. So it's a good part, but also, like, it just bothers me some. I don't mind it at all, simply because it's... And it's easy, but it works for the amount of time given. Yeah. And it should just work. Guys, if you have power, have great responsibility too. Yeah. Period. It works for everybody. If it's you are not, able to do something, do it. Yeah. It's not Batman or something where it's like, my parents died. 
and I'm rich, so I got to do a lot of things. Yeah. It's like, no, anybody, if you have any power, you should have responsibility to use that power justly. Anyway, so then we get Spider-Man. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. Spider-Man actually creates the outfit that we all know and love. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool little thing here is Spider-Man actually knows how to sew because it's ingrained in him from the spider bite. The idea that spiders know how to make webbing and they know how to create their webs, um, the actual material of the webs and how to design their webs. It's just in him. It's one of the superpowers that he has that we don't ever really talk about. Uh, So he knows how. So if you're ever wondering, like, how did he make that costume? That's how. The spider allowed him to have that ability. That, see? Overpowered. (laughs) Because he can sew? Yeah. Like, what the heck? Of all the things to get from a spider, that? I mean, the idea, though, that spiders can create webs, like, how do they just, they just know that. Have you ever looked at a spider web up close? How intricate and stylish and amazing they are? They could have learned that from their parent spider. And where did the original spider learn that from, then? They... Did he learn it from, like, a pig? Like, I don't understand. What sure, you... yeah. No, get out of here with that <laughs> nonsense. Um, so we get the costume, and then he goes for a swing. He throws the costume on, and he's going to go for a swing. Oh, so cool. That first swing through through nighttime New York. Another question. Yeah. Is this the best uh, web slinging? No. In movies? No. The best ever is from Spider The Amazing Spider-Man, where we get the first person view of the swinging is brilliant but this was a great start i actually wrote down in my notes so when the original superman movie came out there was always that quote attributed to it of uh reeves that movie made us believe man can fly that's how good it was here spider-man and mcguire that movie made us believe men can swing because it looked real it looked cool it looked good it he had speed behind those swings there was purpose to it he wasn't swinging through like an area where it was like buildings are really low everything's tall everything makes sense architecturally um geographically and it looks cool as hell and he's like he gets low too he gets near the cars he it's so cool it's such the swinging in this movie is awesome it is much uh much better job physically than i think maybe like tom does yeah i just i don't know this is once again this is the really good cgi and the really bad cgi all at the same time yeah exactly there's moments where you're like this is awful i think the physics looks really good but like the cgi of it not so much yeah all right let's talk about the green goblin because he's going to be our villain of this movie we haven't even gotten to the villain yet and we're like almost an hour into this pod well that's pretty much how the movie goes too sorry if there's gonna be a longer a little longer of a pod there's a lot to talk about so willem dafoe as norman osborne runs a company and he has a contract with the government to create a super soldier basically and his partner is like we can't test it we tested it there were side effects blah 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 and the government's like, we're going to pull all of your funding if you don't figure it out. So Norman Osborn's like, we're going to test it on me. And he gets injected with it. And he goes into this little chamber where the gas is spraying and he's breathing it all in. What an introduction. Uh, this also is in the running for my most realistic moment. Mm-hmm. of. Uh, I know exactly what part you're going to talk about. As soon as he gets on the table, he's like, oh, so cold. Yeah, because he gets I... strapped into like this like 
standing up stretcher with these metal clamps to hold them in place and blah 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 as soon as they're put down it's like ooh, so cold and it's yeah. like yes that's exactly what would happen and then everything seems normal and then all of a sudden his his heart rate spikes all his numbers go up and we can't see him because the chamber he's in is just filled with gas and so his partner runs in to check on him he opens the door he drains it he runs in to check on him and everything looks normal for just a minute and then he grabs his partner and throws him through glass and then jumps through the glass himself, landing on a table in like this really menacing stance, like this crouched, weird, animalistic stance. And right then, I was like, "Perfect casting." Yup. Perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Terrifying, terrifying. And at the same time, his organization has created a glider that uses propulsion that you just stand on, and it's like a surfboard that you can fly with. And, and which is really cool little and bombs apparently bombs and a super suit which is like an armored suit so that looks all, like a goblin who all would have of thunk? the establishment is there and it works so well nothing feels like that's a stretch or that's dumb it's like no no no. that's exactly what you would you say it looks like a goblin well the, half of the part of war is like fear so if you see this dude flying in that looks like a goblin that you're not ready for you're gonna be terrified it's fair so yeah the goblin setup is just so good and we get our first dose of the green goblin laugh uh, and it's just iconic here yeah then uh spider-man we go into a montage of him saving people in new york doing little things webbing people up blah 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 and it's awesome it's awesome i love montages when they're done right they're so good yeah you they, needed to establish him as yep. being the friendly neighborhood, neighborhood spider he's not doing anything big He's like stopping an armed robbery. He's stopping a mugging. He's stopping a, a, a grocery store from being hijacked. Like, that's it. It's carjackings. Like, he just does the little things. But it's enough to make mm. you realize he's he's there. He's going to do the good things. Except yeah. the Daily Planet doesn't think so. I'm sorry. Wanna, what was that called? Uh, whatever the, the newspaper is. It, for some he's not, he's not Superman. Planet. Superman's the Daily Planet. Which one is this one? The Daily Bugle. Oh. Still daily, so you're really close. Yeah. But it's called The Daily Bugle. Run by J. Jonah Jameson, played by the second perfect casting. These are 1A and 1B for me. I was going to ask. These are not, like, long term, I think J. Jonah Jameson's casting uh, with J.K. Simmons is slightly above Willem Dafoe, but, like, they're 1A, 1B. They're, They're right there. Okay. Uh, but he is he is perfectly cast in this. We get introduced to him, and he is just a dick. He's perfect. He screams at people. He's he's a newspaper editor. Like he wants stories, but the problem is he wants bad stories. Oh yeah. Spider Man's not better. a hero. Spider Man, menace or hero. That's his thing. He wants to. He hates Spider Man. Well, bad stories tend to sell better. He doesn't and like especially people. if you have a dissenting opinion about someone. Oh yeah. He doesn't like people in masks. That's his whole that's his whole thing. Yeah. So, all right. Here's here's a nit I have though. So, as we get used to to getting to know Jameson because then he wants pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, he puts out an ad saying, "Bring me pictures, I'll pay you." Parker starts taking pictures of himself as Spider-Man to sell. We get introduced to JJ uh, JJ Jameson, J Jonah. <laughs> There's a lot of Js there. Yeah. Um and he's a dick to Parker, won't give him a job, wants him to be freelance, blah, blah, blah. And when Parker sells him pictures, Jay, Jameson's like, oh, we're going to run this with this ad about how he's a bad guy. And Parker's like, what? That's slander. And Jameson's like, no, it's not slander. 
in written, it's libel. <laughs> Beautiful line. Clearly, he's had to deal with that before. But that's yeah. where I, I get my first nit. How many lawsuits do you think J. Jonah Jameson has had to deal with? Whether it be, like, sexual harassment or anything in the workplace, uh, mistreatment in the workplace, libel. Like, dude's probably had to deal with a lot of stuff. How does he still have a job? I don't think he really would have gotten any lawsuits on that stuff, given that it was 2002. Maybe. Uh, today, yes. But he's just such a dick. I think he uh, he's the kind that settles out of court. <laughs> that's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. He just pays people off yeah. so he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I I love J.K. Simmons' portrayal of him. I'm not in love with the character. I think he goes a little too far. Yeah. Where it's just like, eh, until his one redeeming moment. Later oh, yeah. in the movie, Goblin now has put two and two together that Peter Parker takes pictures of Spider-Man. So how do I get to Spider-Man? I go through Peter Parker. So he shows up. Well, well he doesn't know it's Parker yet. He's trying to find out book, who takes those pictures. Yeah. So he shows up to the bugle and he breaks in through the wall, blows it all up, picks up Jameson and is like, tell me who takes pictures of Spider-Man. And Jameson, re- only redeeming moment. I don't know who he is. He just, his stuff comes in the mail. Knowing that Parker is literally right He's there. He's standing right there. He could have just yeah. pointed him out. I, that's a good moment. I wish we had more of those moments with mm-hmm. this version of Jameson. Yeah. But that was a really good moment. It was a very good moment. Um, yeah. So anything else you want to say about Jameson? No, I, that's pretty much all I have for him. He was, he, I just, I love him every time we see him with this, the, the cigar and everything. Yeah. Like, would not happen today, but it, no, it worked would. for him. It would. He would have a cigar and everything today. I think he'd still be a dick. He would just be in a little more trouble for it. Fair. Then Norman Osborne finds out that he's getting pushed out of his own company. Mm. They're going to sell to a rival, and they don't want Norman there. So Norman says he's going to take his revenge, blah, blah, blah. He steals the glider, all that good stuff. And he goes to what is called the Unity Festival that happens, apparently. Yeah. And there's no better way to date your movie than to have a one-hit wonder artist performing <laughs> it. Because at the Unity Festival, yeah. they have Macy Gray performing. And if I, don't you guys, even, I don't even know who that is. If you guys don't remember who she is, back in the early, back around that time, 2001-ish, she had a huge song that like everybody in the world was singing and then literally did nothing else after that. Do you know the song? I have no clue. I remember singing it every day when during the time. I couldn't tell you the actual song now because that's what happened. She's not even a one-hit wonder. She was like a one-moment wonder. Yeah. She had like her time, her 15 minutes, and then nobody remembers her. And I, yet she's in this movie, and there's no, no better way to date a movie than to do that. Yeah. So, dear Hollywood, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no idea who, who she was, so I was just like, eh. Like, you want to put somebody in? Put Britney Spears in. Have her perform at it. She was probably too expensive, but like... Spend an extra $2 million on the budget. Put her in. That would have stood the test of time. But the minute I see her, every time the Unity Festival starts and she's on... It's not even like she's playing in the background. The camera focuses on her. Heavily. They show yeah. her performing. I'm out. Like, just skip this three minutes and let's go. So I hate that. I, I Literally, this is my least favorite uh, sequence. My f- least favorite scenes. My least favorite yeah. moment of the whole movie is the Unity Festival. So... MJ is now dating Harry Osborn. Peter knows this, but Harry doesn't know that Peter knows this. So Peter's taking pictures and he sees them up top talking on a balcony where all the rich people are. (laughs) 
and he's jealous. And Harry sees it and is like, oh, crap, we're in trouble. Yeah. And then the goblin shows up to mess everything up before the, the love can get out of hand. And he throws a pumpkin bomb and it blows up the board members of uh, Oscorp, kills them, just eviscerates them. And then he starts just wrecking havoc. And so Peter has to run and be Spider-Man. But as he's running, he does the Superman thing where he like pulls his, his, his dress shirt apart to reveal his suit underneath. What the f- Why are we ripping off Superman in this moment? I mean, how else do you think he's always Run ready? around the corner. I jump up to the top of a building and do it, man. What are you know. doing? It didn't bother me that much. How did nobody notice it? Everyone's in panic. There's things exploding. Ridiculous. But then he runs off. He changes his suit. He comes running back into the scene to fight Goblin. And he bounces across a balloon. Like balloons? Mm-hmm. God, it's the worst CGI in the on the planet. Ever. <laughs> Goblin looks terrible in this scene. Spider-Man looks terrible in this scene. The balloons look fake as hell. Everything looks bad. Yeah, yeah, it does. What do you think? Oh, it's... This is the the moment that I wrote that CGI, when it's off, is just terrible. This is that moment that I had to write this down. Because it was just like, oof, oof. Yeah, can't stand it. Mm -mm. Could, could not. I... If they took the Unity Festival scene completely out, I'd be okay with it. Except yeah. for the moment where Goblin just whoops the crap out of a couple cops. Because that's mm-hmm. really cool. And then, like, him getting in Spider-Man's face. And Spider-Man beats him by, like, pulling some some wires out of his glider. And, like, yeah. he's like, I'll be back, Spider-Man! And flies off. That was um, a really good impersonation. <laughs> no, it was terrible, but yes. I don't I think it was pretty on point. Uh, so it's just I can I skip this entire scene every time. It's the worst part of. Might be the worst part of every Spider-Man movie ever made. Which is hard to say because the Amazing Spider-Man Two exists. Hey. I well, enjoy that movie. The Amazing Spider-Man Two is the worst Spider-Man movie in the history of movies. But this may be the worst Spider-Man scene in the history of Spider-Man movies. So one thing that always kills me about this scene. Yeah. Is the freaking dress that MJ is wearing. The weird, how, like, kimono-style, yes, geisha-style like, dress thing. dress yep. she's wearing. You're, like, the whitest chick out there, and that's what you wear to the Unity thing? Yeah. I get you wanted to wear something red, but seriously? Yeah, seriously? it was, like, her red is to connected to Spider-Man, but, like, it's super weird. Oh, I thought it was for her hair. <laughs> no, it's supposed to show their connection, her connection to Spider-Man that's and the fact about that- to start. Spider-Man saves, like, a whole bunch of people by just, like, moving them out of the way. But her, he, like, takes off with her. And it's like, mm, we We know why. We know why. Yeah. Yeah, he saves her from falling. And then they, like, they swing through. He puts her on the top of a building. Yeah. And then he's like, don't mind us. Elevator was broken. Or no, he, she needs to use the elevator. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Such a stupid moment. But we get him saying his, like, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Because she's like, who are you? And he's like, you know who I am. I do. I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And he just jumps <laughs> away. And I'm like, are you serious? Are you just going to leave her on top of a building? She doesn't even know where the hell she's at. Yep. Jerk. I hate the Unity Festival. It's a... just if I haven't it. already said that, just just delete it. Delete, delete it. it from my memory. Yep. Um, Then we get some more stuff happens, blah, blah, blah. Nothing really that important. Mm-hmm. Until Spider-Man's going to save some people inside a burning building. Yeah. Because some oh, mother is a terrible mother yep. who left her child alone in a building. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it just so happened to caught fire, but still, don't leave your children alone. Your so baby. Spider-Man goes into the building, saves the baby, comes back out. Yeah. He's like, here's your kid. And the cops are like, hey, you're under arrest. First of all, what are you arresting him for? He didn't do anything. Because uh, the newspaper said he was bad? Like, I think the newspaper, like, claimed that he had done something, like, he was responsible for the Unity Day thing. Mm-hmm. That's why. But... It, it was just super, what a weird moment. And then you hear screaming coming from inside the building, and somebody's like, there's somebody still in there. And the cop's like, go save them, but I'll be here when you get back. And Spider-Man just so casually is just like, Blatantly says. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I mean, what? Come back to get arrested? Yeah, it was so stupid. But he goes in, and he sees somebody walking around. He's, like, screaming, like, ah, do you need help? Oh, where are you? And he sees somebody walking around, and he goes to help him. And what a, again, this is why you get a horror director to do it. Jump scare. Because the person is the goblin. Mm-hmm. And he turns around, and this whole fight sequence is cool as hell. When he throws those bladed pumpkin bombs, pumpkin boomerangs, whatever you want to call them, and Spider-Man dodges them and stuff, I was like, that's a shot. Quite, That's so good. Quite uh, Matrix. Yeah, oh, for sure. But I mean, if, if any superhero is doing Matrix stuff, it is Spider Man oh, yeah. with his agility and his spider sense. It makes sense. So. And it was a really cool moment to see him, like, not, I'm just going to punch these out of the air. He's dodging them first. Yeah. So it, it's a really neat moment for him. And yes, the horror vibes given from this. You make goblin seems so menacing every time he's on screen because you give him that treatment yes willem dafoe plays it perfectly Mm -hmm. and raimi knows how to frame him and shoot him to make him feel like he's going to kill spider-man like he could he has the power he could do it he is terrifying and menacing now i don't know if we've gotten to this part in the movie or not i can't remember exactly when Mm -hmm. but willem dafoe's ability to switch faces like he changes oh do i need to no no let's talk about it yes because this is my absolute favorite thing about him is the ability to change his face his demeanor everything about him he feels like two different people in this movie yeah and it is just insane how quickly he can change Mm. and just how much you're like oh my god here's the cool part so originally in all the storyboarding and stuff they were going to set up so that they could film him doing the Norman Osborn stuff, then reset, film him doing the Goblin stuff. And Defoe, after doing that once or twice, was like, can we just do it all? Like, I'll just do it. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, you have to get into... He was like, I got you. I got you, fam. And he just did it in camera, the switching. He could go from Osborn to Goblin, like the voice and everything completely yeah. different. When you when we had to get close-ups of the Goblin, it was different because Norman Osborn had very normal teeth and then the Goblin had very perfect, creepy, weird teeth. So like they did have to put some stuff on him for certain shots, but like when he's talking to himself in the mirror, that's just him switching. It, and like, it's so cool. It he's is so talented. It is quite the talent to be able to legitimately have a completely different almost face shape yeah the way you move the way he looks you know the instant and we get to it we get a good moment of this later too where he pretends to be uh osborne. during his death yeah yeah during he pretends to be osborne and you see the shift like oh no i was actually the goblin all along he's like, like peter no it's, it's me the goblin i don't i don't know what's happening godspeed spider-man oh 
So good. Give it to me. Um, I think he is my favorite of all of the Spider-Man villains we've gotten on screen. Ooh. ooh. Mine. Yeah, no, that's... I'm, I am I won't argue with you. He's he's definitely 1A, 1B, or 1C. Yeah. It, it's He's there. There's three for me. I won't say the other ones. Uh, but <laughs> I'm he's really interested, though. He's up there. Uh, I think Alfred Molina as Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 is... He's good. He's my second. He's phenomenal. And then Michael Keaton as Vulture is just... Again, he, I mean, he, Michael Keaton in anything. Michael Keaton in anything, absolutely. But he takes the goblin route in that movie in Spider-Man Homecoming where it's like he can change from being normal dude to menacing Vulture in a second, but he's so menacing because he's real. Yeah. He's not Mysterio. He's not some big overdramatic person. He's not. He's real, and it's it's creepy. But the 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 uh, Willem Dafoe stuff. I always think Willem Dafoe is the dramatic version of Jim Carrey. They can do things with their faces mm, that yeah. normal people shouldn't be able to do, and it yeah. could be why I absolutely love both of them. So good. Could definitely be. So good. But they have this wonderful fight. Spider Man gets clipped by one of the flying blades. Cuts his arm. But Spider-Man beats him. He leaves. They, they separate. You know, the whole building collapses, separates them. So they go their separate ways. Then we get a great scene. It's Thanksgiving dinner. This movie has a really good way of, like, showing you what time of the year it is and how long it's been without, like, having to put words up on the screen. Yeah. Summer. We get fall. them graduating. Yes. And then we get Thanksgiving. So it's Well, like... we get graduating after Thanksgiving. But, yeah. No. Are you sure? Yes. They're living together at that point. That's right. Because this is the next which Thanksgiving. Which is a, one of the parts that is most unrealistic, mm -hmm. moving out right after high school. When you're Does Harry not. Osborne and you're rich? Yeah, it, it's possible. <laughs> and you know a Harry Osborne, apparently? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They live together. Peter didn't move out on his own. And I think Mary Jane moves out, too. Uh, makes no sense. I don't think she does. I think she just hangs out with them. She doesn't have her own place yet. Mm -hmm. Not in this movie, anyway. But they go to Thanksgiving dinner, and it's Harry and MJ, who have now admitted that they're dating. Uh, Aunt May, who we haven't really talked about yet. S Peter Parker's supposed to be there. And Norman Osborn. But this is, like, right after that firefight in the burning building. Yeah. So Norman shows up, and everybody's like, where's Peter? Oh, my God. And all of a sudden, they hear something upstairs. So they're like, oh, Peter must have got in somehow. So they go up there and they look and we get this really great tense moment where Peter jumps up and sticks to his ceiling because he's not yeah. supposed to be there. How would he explain how he's there? You know? And they're all like, Peter, are you here? Peter, are you here? And we watch blood drip from his arm and one little drop just starts falling and it's going to hit Norman Osborn and he steps out of the way just in time. And yet he, because he's got super senses now because of the ser the serum, he hears it hit the ground and he looks down and he touches it and he looks at it and he looks up and you're like, oh, shit. He knows. Oh my God. He's going to catch him right now. And Parker's not there. He somehow crawled out silently to the outside of the building. Great tense moment. Then Parker comes walking in the front door and he's like, cranberries, blah, blah, blah. Aunt May sees the cut on his arm and he's like, oh, somebody clipped me on a bike while I was walking down the street. And Norman hears this. He sees the, the cut. He hears this excuse. And the light bulb, bing! Yeah, 
That's another good moment of like, you let him <laughs> breathe through that. The realization is on his face and he's like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're Spider-Man. You're the one that I'm fighting with. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. mm. And that's when we get, we go back to the Oscorp, Osborne mansion. And this is where we get that great back and forth between the goblin and Norman and the goblins. Like, you know how to beat him. You rip out his heart. You don't attack him. You attack his heart. And then, Oh God. Okay. So Spider-Man's out doing his thing. And Norman as the goblin breaks into aunt May's house as she's praying. And it hurts her basically to put her in the hospital. But yeah. I hate when he breaks into the house. Like I hate that scene. For one reason and one reason only. Finish it. Finish it. Because she's saying a prayer and he breaks in and she's like, oh, oh. And the line that he wants her to finish is deliver us from evil. Yes. And it's just such a weird moment yeah. that like, I don't I always need thought it. it was weird too. Yeah. I don't need it. Could have just, as soon as he breaks in and she's like, oh, oh just cut. And then yeah. show her in the hospital. We know. So she's in the hospital. Peter goes to visit. MJ's there. They have a weird talk. I know we skipped a part where he saves MJ earlier because I just don't care about the rain. I don't care about the dark alley rain fight kiss thing. I think it's all stupid. Did this movie romanticize kissing in the rain? Yes. I mean, a lot of them did. Um, but I, I hate the rain kiss. Um, it's just dumb. It's just so dumb. Upside down kissing is stupid. Don't do it. Apparently, though, it was really hard for Tobey Maguire to get through that scene because he couldn't breathe. Yeah. Because he couldn't breathe through his it mouth because he was kissing and then nose. the water was pooling in his nose. So he couldn't breathe. It was really, really difficult. Uh, I know men, boys, absolutely love this scene because you get a little peak show uh, because oh. of how cold and wet it is for on yeah. MJ. But I just don't like it. I, I do think it might be the peak of rain kissing. Like it's the coolest rain kiss ever put on screen. It's fair. But I'm still not a fan of it. But we get the hospital scene in which I'm once again saying so much betrayal in this movie. Tell me about it. I knew you hated this part. Tell me about it. Because they're all like kind of flirting and they like end up holding hands. And that's when Harry comes in and he's like, <gasps> the betrayal. Even though I was the one who betrayed him first. Yep. Terrible. But before that. Terrible friends. Before that. Peter like tells her like, Oh, I know Spider-Man and you know, he talks about you and nah, 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 nah. And she's saying how fantastic he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super weird, weird moment. But then Aunt May's awake and they talk and that's when Peter realizes Norman or not Norman. He doesn't know it's Norman yet. He realizes green goblin knows who he is. Yeah. So he runs to the phone cause MJ's chased, uh, harry out and he goes to the phone he's like i gotta call her make sure she's okay because he's clearly taking out people i love and goblin answers her phone and it's just like uh come get her and you're like oh sh no and he does the ever classic save the person you love or save these big thing of children yeah because he goes to a bridge where he has a cable car full of children on one side in one hand and he has mj in the other hand and he's like i'm gonna drop them both you have to pick 
Yeah. Because the entire thing for the goblin in this movie is being like, I want Spider-Man to be on my side. Yeah. I want him to be bad like me and we can take over the world together. So he's like, I'm going to show you that you're bad, that you can make bad choices. Yeah. That you're selfish. Yeah. So that's his moment in this. And I'm like, okay, that makes more sense than a lot of the other ones that are like, choose between these people to save. Because reasons. reasons. Yeah. Uh, we do get a cool moment right before this, though, when Parker has to get. So, like, what do, what do you swing on? You can't really swing on anything over water. There's mm-hmm. nothing. So we get a really cool moment where he does this a lot in the comics and stuff, too. He uses his webbings as, like, a slingshot. So he attaches it to two flagpoles and stretches them all the way back. And then let's go and it shoots him forward. That was very ingenious. It's That's where like the little things come in of like how smart he is. I wish they would have pushed that farther, obviously, yeah. but they don't. Um, but it's a really cool, cool thing. It's a great callback to the comics. He does that a lot. He does it in video games. He does it in the cartoons. He does it everywhere. It's like a natural thing for him to do. Um, so I love it. But yes, he's forced to make a choice, but somehow he still saves them both. Yeah. He swings, grabs her, and then as he's swinging with her, he grabs the kids, the cable that they're attached to, and holds them. And then uh, Goblin swoops in on his glider and, like, punches him. And then is coming back for round two where he's going to cause more damage. <sighs> what happens next? When he gets lassoed, basically? No, the, the New Yorkers. Oh, you hate this scene. I don't care about this scene as much. Uh, but the, all the New Yorkers just start throwing stuff at the goblin, being like, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Yep. I'm like, I don't care. That, I hate that it. seems like a very New Yorkan thing to do. No. I mean, I don't care. It's just... It, it, eh. I don't know. It For me, it almost uh, downgrades Spider-Man's ability to win this fight, where he needs random people throwing garbage to assist him. Like, you want to talk about how he's not overpowered. Like, he was about to die until the New Yorkers threw garbage. I mean, he was only about to die because he was holding on to... It doesn't matter. He was about to die. And I don't even think he was about to die. Well, he wasn't. Clearly, we know that from the next scene (laughs) uh, when he gets lassoed. But, yeah, I just hate it. it. It spends too much time. If it was, like throwing garbage and then you get like that one line of like mess with uh, mess with one of us mess with all of us and then immediately he just ignores them grabs spider-man and goes yeah fine it lingers too long it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth every time i watch that scene that's fair but he does he ends up lassoing him flies away spider-man trailing behind his glider smashes him through a wall and we get this old abandoned house type thing this Mm -hmm. old man of castle house thing that they fight in. And this is the epic final battle. Yep. And the entire time, Goblin's like, you could have been with me. We could have done, we could have taken over the whole world together. We could, you know, we still can. Just, just be with me. Spider-Man's like, never. And Spider-Man's getting walloped here. Walloped. Until Goblin's like, I will never stop. And Peter's like, oh, well, now I got to stop you. And that's when he comes back and he starts fighting him. Yeah. And we get to... We get the actual strength of Spider-Man. Yes. It feels like he's not been trying at all no. until this point. Where at, I don't even remember the exact line that he says, but Goblin pushes it just too far. Yeah. And he snaps and he's just like, no, and all he right, just starts, I'm done. He starts beating on Goblin, yep. pushes him against a wall, and this is when Goblin changes back into Norman Osborn. 
Or yep. so you think. You saved me, Spider-Man. Yeah, or Peter. Go- Goblin made me do this, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know. And Spider-Man believes it. Parker believes it for a second. He's, like, walking towards him, like, I'm going to take care of this. Don't worry. I'm going to save you. And Goblin gives up his position when he's like, Godspeed, Spider-Man, and pushes a button on his arm to call his glider, which has come out with, like, razor-sharp knives at the front of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if he wouldn't have said anything, he might have had more of a chance. Obviously, yeah. Spider-Sense would have kicked in anyway. But the glider's coming at him. Spider-Man backflips over it, and it pierces the Goblin himself, killing him. Yeah. And don't tell Harry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't tell Harry. Okay. Cool. Spider-Man then takes the dead goblin, brings him back to his mansion, lays him down. Harry sees this, thinks Spider-Man has killed his dad. Yep. Because he's no longer in his goblin gear. I don't know if Spider-Man took him out of the gear. Oh, yeah. He's, like, completely naked. Yeah, it's super weird. Well, because he doesn't want Harry to know. I know. I know. It's still weird yeah uh this dude just tried to kill you but it shows how good of a person spider-man is and how much he loves harry lays him down happy ending then we get we go to the funeral for hair for which yeah i will say yeah great subversion it's sunny it is it's It's, a sunny funeral. not a rainy funeral there's not a bunch of black umbrellas and stuff like that i highly appreciated that i I had to write it down i was like yes (laughs) and then we get the moment where him and mj are crying together blah 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 she kisses him and she's like the whole time everything was happening i was thinking of only one person and it wasn't who you think it was you and you're like oh damn they're gonna be together yeah nope just kidding parker looks at her he goes nah can't do it because he knows now if i'm dating you you're a target you yeah if they figure out who i am you're a target yeah and like that's a great moment and then he just walks away the theme plays end of movie thoughts feelings i have tons of thoughts i meant about like the end of the movie and stuff like that oh well i don't really have too much thought on that like it just seemed like okay this is the end i'm so i see for me i'm really happy that they they pushed mj into liking him at the end of the first movie but they allowed parker to be the one to say no and walk away yeah that's very that doesn't happen that often usually it's him pursuing the woman and the woman says no yeah so like to have that role reversal was really cool because it makes perfect sense which is just i love it i love it i love the death the glider death is like such a cool moment such a cool shot it's framed perfectly the setting's perfect the the delivering of him to harry and like harry seeing it sets us really up really well for the second movie like yeah it is it is a great culmination of some really awesome stuff that came before it Oh, and yeah. it's a great ending sequence of just the bridge scene minus the New Yorkers to the fight, to the death, to the funeral. Yeah. All great. All great. Yeah. All right. Uh, nits? I just have a few things that I wanted to talk about the movie overall. Okay. That aren't necessarily nits. I just wanted to yeah, discuss them. Let's talk about them. Um, this movie has some really cool transitions mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. And then they completely drop them. They completely drop them and opt for a fade out option, which makes no sense. Like, they fade to black several times. It was just really weird to have that tonal shift of, like, we have some really cool transitions here. And now we just don't know what to do, so fade to black. The transition with all the newspapers flying around. And then Parker walks on screen, puts his mask on, and swings away. And you're like, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know, they could have done more. It was just... 
so weird what else? for that. So a knit of mine I have yeah. is that glider that uh, the goblin is on spews such black smoke it would never pass inspection. It doesn't have to. He's a villain. Oh, you but, think it's getting inspected? But it was meant to go for the military. Correct. But it wasn't fully capable yet. Mm-hmm. But they were flying it already. Yeah, they had seen it already, but it wasn't ready for like long transport and stuff like that. <laughs> it just kills me. Yeah, what else? Um, my other thing is Norman really needs a suit that fits. Yeah, it was 2002. It wasn't... Oh, was that the style? Yeah, like okay. people weren't wearing... <laughs> Skinny jeans weren't a thing, really. I mean, they were, but like yeah. it wasn't like every dude who was wearing tight-fitting I just stuff. see so many pe- so many guys in like nice tailored suits, and I'm like, what are you doing, Norman? Yeah. Well, what is this? He doesn't this? care. He's an eccentric genius. He does not care. That's fair. What are your, some, some of your uh, knits? My only other knit, because we already talked about my lawsuits and the fact that no one figures out it's Spider-Man, mm-hmm. is I don't like, I, I like it and I don't like it, how f- drastically his suit changes from the one he wears during wrestling to the one we see him in the rest of the movie. Yeah. I wish something could have been done in the meantime. In part of his montage of doing stuff like get upgrades. Yeah, like we see him draw and like he, we saw him already draw it. We saw that he drew the actual suit he'd end up wearing. I just wish there would have been like casual upgrades or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's too, it's too drastic for him. He doesn't ruin the movie. Just weird. Um, Questions? I actually went through all my questions throughout. Oh, I got more. Okay. Is MJ awful? Yes. I actually do have it written that she is just terrible this is the worst representation of an mj or a love interest in the spider-man universe yeah and i get like she didn't know peter was in love with her when she started dating harry but like she just doesn't seem like a very nice person she seems super shallow i don't understand what he sees in her yeah other than like girl next door um and she's apparently good looking okay was jk and we already kind of touched upon this but was jk simmons the best casting in any superhero movie any it could be dc marvel mcu beforehand anything was he the best ever i mm, my heart says yes okay okay yeah that's fair by the end of the movie mj loves peter we get that whole moment during the funeral but why what has he done this entire time that actually matters the only things that we get some moments of them together as you know peter and mj and he's very supportive of her and he really believes in her he talks to her as a normal human being yep. no other guy we see does that so i mean like there's something there but it's just eh yeah fair yeah. um hot takes i do all right what's your hot take um the true villain of this movie is capitalism <laughs> it's not norman norman's a victim of the system yeah because without them pressuring him to get things done on their time schedule, he never would have taken that serum and he would have been normal. That's fair. Yeah. He's not the villain. He's a That's victim. That's fair. Uh, I mean, he's part of capitalism, so he's still the villain. Mm. I mean, he owns a big corporation, so he's definitely part of it. I mean, I think it's big because he has good ideas. Yeah. Uh, my hot take is this is the best Spidey representation on film to date, period. Okay. He is nerdy enough that it all makes sense at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he's quippy enough and cool enough as Spider-Man. Period. He is the best representation of both things. Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man, too cool as Peter Parker. He's yeah. too cool. I Not really nerdy like his Spidey, though. His Spidey's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it goes a little too far sometimes, but it's a really good Spidey. And Tom Holland is just... Uh, 
he's yeah. he's too cool so to me he seems he's too cool as uh peter parker mm-hmm. but he's too nerdy as spider-man it's almost like they they flipped it yeah and it doesn't always work for me this is by far in my opinion the best representation of spider-man ever in a movie period yeah okay um but to going on to that is mcguire the best spider-man meaning like his acting and stuff like that was i know that i said i just said the character is the best representation but was he the best actor that's ever played spider-man i'm partial to andrew garfield that's just because you find him attractive it could be uh i don't i don't know okay i honestly don't that's fair um that's all i got you want to go into awards yeah let's do this uh first up is the psycho shower scene what do you got? I have Peter learning to use his powers, really specifically, um, him like trying to figure out how to use his webs, gets me every single time. The different like hand motions he does. Yeah, it, it, it. it's it's all good until uh, it's not, because he's doing it and it's all fun. But when he says Shazam, it bothers me a little bit because then later Aunt May tells him in the hospital that he's not Superman. And it's just like, do we have to throw out the DC references? Is there a reason for this? I don't know. It, yeah, I like the up, up, and away, though. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. But again, it's another Superman reference. Oh. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, my psycho shower scene is the Thanksgiving dinner scene because mm. it's tense as hell that no one knows what's going on. But the way Norman is the whole time and the way Peter suspects something, but he's not quite sure what. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a masterclass of like I would watch a whole movie with that tension at a dinner scene. Like, give me an hour and a half of just like a who done it with that amount of tension. Yeah. I'm in. Nice. I'm in. Next up is the life uh, finds a way. Award for your favorite line in the movie. What do you got? I have. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. I know it's a lot of people's favorite, but I honestly think he does the best in this moment for Spider-Man. Of all all of the ones that we've gotten so far, yeah. I feel like his felt like it had the most behind it. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was a great moment. I don't disagree. My Life of Finds a Way goes to uh, Peter Parker's response to the wrestling promoter. I missed the part where that's my problem. That's good. I like the obviously he says the direct line back that the promoter already said to him but the way he says it and the little smirk he has afterwards is like that is exactly how you would act if you had that kind of power and somebody screwed you over and Mm -hmm. now you just screwed them back that's exactly how i would say it to somebody and then to know what that line means going forward is just fantastic fantastic uh, next up is the Han Shot First Award for the thing that holds up the worst since this movie came out. I'm going to go first here. Uh, it's pretty pretty evident, or it should be anyway. It's the entire Unity Festival. <laughs> I hate every moment of it, uh, but if I had to pick specifically out of there what I hate the most, what holds up the worst, is the pumpkin bomb and turning the board members into skeletons. Oh, really? It's absolute okay. trash. It's fair. It looks terrible. It is shot poorly. It is too quick and also too slow at the same time. I just can't, I can't get past those skeletons. They, they bother me. That's fair. What do you got? 
Mine is the janky CGI. Him. Especially him jumping off that uh, balloon in the Unity Festival. Just like, oh, oh. Yeah. Humans don't move like that. Exactly. So basically, <laughs> just get rid of the Unity Festival and the movie improves greatly. Greatly. Last award is the Paul Rudd Award for the thing that holds up the best. For me, it's two things tied. It's the Spidey suit. It is a classic design. It's very well done. It is a great visual representation of the things I have seen on screens, uh, in comic books, in video games, everywhere. It is a great representation, which isn't a direct ripoff of the comics. It's updated for a real-world thing, but it fits perfectly. The second thing that goes along with that, though, is Tobey Maguire. So I loved Tobey when I first saw this movie. But then over the years, there was a lot of talk of, is Tobey really that good? Do you remember how good he is? Maybe he wasn't. Maybe we could have found somebody better. Andrew Garfield came out, and people were like, oh, my God, Tobey Maguire sucks. Andrew Garfield should have. He's the best Spider-Man. Then Tom Holland's Spider-Man came out, and all of a sudden the talk was, oh my god, this is the best, he's so good. I, who, were other Spider-Man ever even around? Oh my god, he's so good. Watching it again, I'm like, guys, do you remember how good Toby is? He has so many small moments in these movies that work. When he's Spider-Man, he's quippy without being over the top. When he's Peter Parker, he's a complete nerd. I understand why he gets bullied. Like, Everything about what he does with what he was given works. And so I got to give it up to him. You know, when when you're good, you're good. All right. My Paul Rudd Award goes to Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Uh, I know we already did a large talk about it, so I won't go too far. Uh, but I just think he did a fantastic job of making this ridiculous kind of character seem yep. so menacing and such a threat. Yeah. No, he, like I said, it's, ask me today, I might say Willem Dafoe's the best casting choice in this movie. Ask me tomorrow, it could be J.K. Simmons. But the fact that people regularly put J.K. Simmons as one of the best castings, and I think Willem Dafoe's equal to that, mm -hmm. shows what I agree, that I agree with you. Yeah. He is terrifying in this movie. And I've seen him in other things where I'm like, yeah, you're just lovable. Like, he has a new movie come out where he's a he's a robber who gets trapped in a penthouse. And it's just him on screen for like an hour and a half. And I am dying to see it because he's that good. And this is, I didn't know him much before this. I think I'd seen him in like one or two things. And then I saw him in this and I loved him. And then I followed his career and I've watched a lot of stuff he's done. He's always top notch. Mm -hmm. And he don't think he gets as much credit as he should. And I think this is the movie that started it all for him where it's like this put him in the limelight and all of a sudden people were like i now know that man's name yeah yeah he's freaking phenomenal do you want to do your final thought first sure. your decision sure go for it i think this movie holds its own with current superhero movies is the cgi a little janky sure but the story and the pacing and the ability that it gets to have different like moments the the horror aspect of how crazy this whole thing is just keeps you invested the entire time you're invested in this spider-man what happens to him what happens to the characters around him you're even invested in the villain and what's going on with him i think this was 
is a wonderful movie and I do think it holds up. I think if it came out today, people would still be really interested in this movie. Fair. Um, listen, this movie's not perfect. It's got a lot of flaws. Uh, the CGI in almost every single aspect is completely crap. Uh, that's just what we had at the time to make movies. I think the love story is complete garbage. I think the best friend is garbage. I think some of the pacing in this movie doesn't work well. It takes a really long time to kind of get things going. And then the ending feels a little rushed. But I think the casting choices are amazing. I think the direction style is amazing. I think the horror horror elements are amazing. I think it's one of those things where it's just, yeah, you can see the flaws. Like, we can sit here and we could have done an entire hour and a half podcast on just the negatives in this movie. And yet, it's still one of the best superhero movies ever made, even with all of the flaws that it has. And so, therefore, I, I say it has to hold up. Like, if you want to watch Spider-Man movie, this should probably be your go-to one because this is the most Spider-Man movie of Spider- Like, this whole trilogy is the most Spider-Man of every Spider-Man thing we've ever seen. Yeah. We're not getting bogged down with Iron Man eating up half the screen time or the villain actually being mad at Iron Man but fighting Spider-Man. We're not having to shoehorn both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man into this new movie. It's a Spider-Man movie through and through. Yeah. And for that reason, yeah, it, it holds up. I would love to see this one updated. Somebody go remaster yes. this, redo some of the CGI and let me see what it's like because and I, just get rid of the universe unity yeah, the festival just get rid of it yeah i think it'd be really really excellent yeah yeah that's it that's all i got um next week we have a special guest a friend of ours from the no nerds were harmed podcast is gonna come hang out with us and we're gonna talk about 1995's batman forever so another superhero movie He's also going to be joining us next Friday. Uh, if you guys follow us over on YouTube, subscribe to us. Next Friday, we're going to have out our Friday episode where we're doing a fan cast of the Teen Titans from the DC Universe. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. Make sure you come check that out, both those shows, next week. Let us know over on Twitter what you thought of this episode. Who's your favorite Spider-Man? You can find us at Dolls at Hold Up 1-3. Check out all our socials. Links in the description. We have a YouTube page, a TikTok, a uh, Facebook page, an Instagram, all that good stuff. You can find us everywhere. We put out daily fun facts. So make sure, check the description of this podcast. <laughs> Click the link. That's our link tree. It'll direct you to everywhere that you can find us. Come talk to us. We love it. We also like, guys... What movies do you love that you want to see us cover? Is there a movie that you're like, hey, I absolutely love this movie when I watched it as a kid, but I, I want to know, is it still good? Let us know. We are always open to suggestions. So follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. And in the meantime, keep watching movies. Bye. Bye.